Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. War Report family, what's up? It's your man, Ike Jones, man. I am here, very special recording, man. We're just talking a little bit about what's going on with the program, man. And I got my guy that's always got the scoop, man. Dukes, what's good, baby? What's up? What's going on, my boy? Hey, man, ain't too much, man. Listen, man, it's our first opportunity to really just chop it up, um, you know, in recorded fashion about what's going on with the program, man. But no time like the present to get in here and just talk about what's been happening, how we arrived at where we are with Auburn football, and where, where do we go from here, man? So let's just talk about how we got here, right? Coach Brian Harson recently released. Um, what are your thoughts on just the, 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 the state of where Auburn football is? I think <clears throat> Auburn football right now is in probably the most important time since I've been an Auburn fan, which has been over maybe 25, 30 years. Like, mm-hmm. so this is a time of transition, right? Sure. Um, but I think the transition is more so not just the, a new coach. It's more so a Auburn just made a statement. Mm-hmm. And the statement was that, you know, we don't have time to wait. Mm. We understand culture. We understand it takes time, but Auburn doesn't have time. And I think that was a statement that needed to be made and that Auburn is a place that's going to compete for championships. And if you aren't a guy that has a clear path to championships or at least playing top level SEC football, then this isn't the job for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it went a little longer than I thought it would as far as the season. Uh, we, we we saw that there were some uh, – some disparaging type uh, actions going on earlier in the year in February. And a lot of people thought it was going to get done. Then they gave him a shot, um, you know, and three and five ain't going to get it done. And yeah. I think that's the message that was brought. And now this, this is a time. This is the real shift. Yeah. This is the real Auburn belongs here. And if we aren't here, then that's not going to cut it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, uh, President Roberts came in and he was 
thorough in his investigation of what he felt like was going on. And then he was swift in his actions once he got to a place where he felt like we needed to make a decision and move in a different direction. Uh, Coach Harson and a lot, everyone except for Jeff Schmetting that came in in his watch in that what they call the Boise boys right. gone. Right. right, like within 24 hours, the they, he came through with the chopper, man. He was yeah. like, "I'm laying it down." Um, also hired a new athletic director, so yet to be seen what direction we're going to go with that. But let's talk a little bit about interim coach mm. Cadillac Williams, Carnell Williams, in now as interim coach. Um, you know, I know you uh, probably have relationships with players that are currently on the pro in the program. Uh, maybe even some staff. I've talked to some uh, players and their parents. Uh, what's the sense that you get from people around the program right now about uh, just what we have uh, on our plate as far as new coaching direction and these last few games of the season? Uh, positive energy. Hmm. Positive energy. Finally, some direction to at least get through the end of the season. Uh, a resurgent energy. Uh, clar- clarity. Hmm. Things that are intangible, but mean the world to a football player, mean the world to a football program. And having a guy who's done it on the highest level and even the highest level at Auburn, uh, nobody has more rushes than him. Nobody has more rushing touchdowns than him. He's got to be top three, two. He's he's, he's all over the Auburn record books. Auburn lore since the millennium starts with him. Hmm. And for him to be such a a soft-spoken guy, but, you know, and knowing him personally, as, as long as I've known him, he's always been a guy who wasn't going to say a lot, but that would move silent and swing a big stick, so to speak. Right. And um, I think this, I th- I think it spoke volumes to the job that he's done, being that nobody really expected Cadillac to be the interim coach. A lot of the names. I didn't. I, I, I thought it, they were going to go in the direction of getting your guy Etheridge and, and right. promoting him. Uh, so I think it's an interesting choice, but continue with what you're saying. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were thinking uh, Zach. A lot of people were thinking uh, uh, Bellatoni. Mm. Uh, there were some schools of thoughts that said Bellatoni might have been because he was a little, old, little older, more mature. Mm. Uh, he, he had coordinated before. Uh, Will Friends coordinated before, who's mm-hmm. actually going to be, who's actually going to call it now. Right. So I think a lot of those uh, past, previous experiences and from what I'm hearing, some of the, they're, they're, Basically, guys were interviewing for their job while the season was going. Like the last two, three weeks, was like, hmm, who, who's, who's, who can fit the culture that we want right now? Mm. And how strange is it and ironic that now there are position coaches moved out in season? That's that's slick, weird. Yeah. Like you don't see yeah. a lot of that. So yeah, I, I about, didn't expect there to be that many mass firings as far no. as the on-field position coaches are concerned, for sure. And I think that says a lot about what was going on at Auburn and yeah. kind of some of the confusion. Yo, the and, strength staff, bro. Like, they, just, bro, like, you gotta, they came through there. I, like I said, with the chopper, bro, like, yo, we laying it down. Yeah, it ain't no, like, come on, dog. Like, you can't go in here and tell these folks to uh, lift 225? Yeah. Nah, they did nah, nah, we, hey, here you go. Man, and I think the craziest picture I saw was the moving truck outside of the complex. yeah. That was weird. It was like, all right, hey, guys, the jig is up. Hey, you know, it, it, this ain't no tomorrow thing. We need you up out of here. Right. And um, I think that uh, it kind of felt like a relief to a lot of the players from what I'm hearing. Mm. Um, and the reception that Cadillac got when he was announced, Brian Harson came in, said his two, said his piece. 
uh, Rich McGlynn uh, introduced Cadillac and they said they went crazy in there. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, from what I'm hearing from a pretty credible source, uh, the foundation to be built on family, uh, hard work and recruiting. Yeah. Those are the three things that uh, are, are being planned and were conveyed to the players and the staff who who will be remaining. So it's an exciting time at Auburn. Uh, first African-American coach, yeah. head coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that says a lot about where Auburn is going progressively. And the fact that, uh, from what I'm hearing, President Roberts made his selection of the athletic director by himself. Mm, yeah independently like and there are some guys who they say have some checkbooks that may not have been happy about that but president robert is going to do it his way and i think i I think he's gotten off to a great start yeah i mean but listen that's that's a part of what you're talking about signaling signaling a new direction with auburn football right like this is just the precipice we're we're on the precipice of something completely different right like you've Mm -hmm. got a president who's acting um more independently he's hired an athletic director that he's given carte blanche to act more independently Mm-hmm. Uh, which means we could, for the first time, I think in Auburn history, have a head coach who gets to run his program. He wow. just used to come in here and do what he wants to do, and he's only responsible to the guy who hired him. Wow. Right? Yeah, um, first time. And, and and if the president and the athletic director can get those people with the purse strings pocketbooks on board with that mission and that plan, Auburn will be rowing in the same direction when it comes to Auburn football. Right. And that's, that's and I think the beauty of what Bruce Pearl has done mm-hmm. at Auburn has shown Auburn faithful what it looks like. This is how it looks like. <clears throat> These are the, uh, the the benefits of moving in the same direction, moving in unison, and absolutely putting the focus on recruiting. If you yeah. can do those things, if you can get the players in, then you can have the administrative staff, you can have the strategy. You can have guys who are buying in, and it's not you. You don't hear a whole lot of drama coming from the basketball team, right? Those guys genuinely look like they love being together. They play well together, and I think it's been a very good playbook or a blueprint, so to speak, as far as to how the football team should be ran. Yeah, yeah. In here talking with my guy Dukes the Scoop Man, Dukes uh, contributor on two four seven, but also. The casual flex, man. So the the uh, what you got going on with the casual flex, man, loving what you're doing right now. You got your ear to the ground with a lot of the former players as well. Have you talked with any of them about what they feel about this whole situation? I know you've talked to them about pre-firing, but have you talked with anybody since the firing happened uh, and, and the transition has been made about how they feel as alumni and former players that are Listen, man, I don't care what nobody says. I don't care how, how you left the program. People love Auburn University and they want to see it successful. Um, and a lot of these guys are super invested in the history and the future of Auburn athletics. But have you had any opportunity to talk with any of those folks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and 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 right now it's all hands on deck to support like um, Texas A&M. You, and you may see it on social media, but you're going to start seeing people repost we want all hands on deck for the Texas A&M game. We want all Auburn football alumni 2014. You're probably going to see more guys from the 2000, from our era. Mm-hmm. You'll see more of them on the field at the same time you probably ever have. And that's the, that, that's, that's the battle cry. Right. We got to support our own. We're going to support our guy. Cadillac is a guy from the program. Yeah. And like, has I, I can't think of a time there's the last time there's been a former Auburn player as the head coach. I mean, Shook jerk, probably. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know like, what I'm saying? Like, it ain't, yeah. it ain't happened, bro. Like, so, 
Uh, it's definitely going to be a crazy synergy. I am looking forward to being down there for the Texas A&M game. I will be down on the planes for that one. So looking forward to that one for sure. Um, and and looking forward to just feeling the energy in the building, man, because uh, Jordan Hare has an electricity to it, man. And if you Absolutely. have the right kind of momentum going, it's a scary place to step into. It's right. scary. Like, you just don't really want to be in that building when it's rocking and you're in the, on the opposing sideline. So that's going to be a lot. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about not necessarily what you're hearing uh, on any player specifically, but just the you and I have talked a little bit about just like what it's like um, in the recruiting game and just kind of what it takes to be quality in for- terms of recruiting. We know Cadillac knows how to recruit, right? right? Like he he's one of the he's been one of the better recruiters that Auburn's had over the last I'd say decade, really. Um, right. He's just been, he just knows how to get guys committed to the program. But what do you feel like the energy is around recruiting right now? Because that's an interesting thing, I think, when you have so much on the field staff turnover so quickly. What do you think like what do you feel like Auburn needs to do to try to hold this recruiting class together and even make some momentum in recruiting now without having a head football coach to sell a vision about? Um, I think, <clears throat> well, we saw one defection already from the class, which is right. uh, Janoris Wilson. Right. Um, and outside of that, you look at the guys who are no longer with the program, Eric Keesaw, like who was he the lead recruiter on? I mean, th- th- like, right. Uh, I mean, outside of Brian Harson, um, the strength, the strength guys, not a lead recruiter, right. Uh, the staff guys that, you know, they've got guys and they put people in position who they feel like can recruit. And mm-hmm. so from speaking to recruits that I have spoken with, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a a beam of excitement. So if you go look, and this is a you know if you look at some of the recruits previous to Cadillac taking over yesterday, mm-hmm. they weren't being followed by every member of the staff. Mm-hmm. If you go look now, just check out the follows. You'll see that a lot of the committed players they're now being followed by everybody who's remaining on the staff, and that's something that I picked up on yesterday, which says that. They're going to move in unison, and it's going to be a team effort to keep this class together. I talked to uh, some parents yesterday of commits, and they love Auburn. Like the guys who committed to Auburn really love Auburn. If you look at the amount of visits that we've been having over the course of the season in a three and five season, every time there's been a, a, a marquee game, you've had at least 30, 30 visitors there. Right. And, and some high level guys. The, the the duo from Montgomery probably the highest recruited uncommitted duo in the country. Mm-hmm. They're they're at Auburn more than they're probably at Carver Montgomery. Right. Like they they stay there almost, and for them to be that invested in seeing a school when you have every school in the country begging for a visit, and for them to continue to visit Auburn, I think it says a lot about the electricity. To your point, mm-hmm. that goes into Jordan here, and I think that. Getting a win at Jordan Hare at in one of these marquee games, like Texas A&M is going to be so huge for recruiting mm-hmm. because it'll show you the potential of Auburn. Like if they would have pulled out the LSU win, right? Man, that that the scenery, the fireworks, the light show at night, the 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 whole synergy of what was going on inside of Jordan Hare, you had there was a big letdown, and you could see it on the recruits' faces when the league started to dwindle away. They were looking forward to Auburn winning. 
So I think that as far as recruiting goes, if Cadillac can figure out how to beat Texas A&M or at least be competitive and they kind of play on some of those nuances and some of that that quirky energy that you just get in Jordan here, I think mm-hmm. it'll go a long way to uh, keeping the recruiting class together and adding some pieces. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, you know, we talked to Keontae Scott before the season started, um, and he said that his visit to Jordan Hare was during the Iron Bowl last year, and that's mm. what sold him on wanting to come. We didn't even win that game, right? Mm-hmm. But he just liked the atmosphere that he was a, going to be a part of. None of those recruits have gotten an opportunity to feel that th- this year. They right. saw it at the beginning maybe of a Penn State game, right, because it was the 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 blue out, you know what I'm saying, or excuse me, the orange out, and it was just like crazy energy. But that right. went and it, it it faded really quickly as you got to the <laughs> second half of that game, right? You had that opportunity again, like you said, at LSU where we were in that game. Right. Um, but then you ultimately just kind of see the lead dwindle away and you start to lose hope in the building. And man, I mean, Missouri wasn't a game that you really wanted to be there for. Arkansas definitely wasn't a game you wanted to be there for. So like you just haven't had that chance to be in the building, power five opponent, Jordan Hare's rocking all the way through the fourth quarter. Win or lose, people are in there cheering, going crazy, right? Absolutely. Um, And hopefully Texas A&M, to your point, is going to be that opportunity for them to see and feel that and really know what it's like to be in a building that's got energy. Because that's what basketball recruits see. Right, absolutely. You step inside of there and you're in Neville Arena, man. That place is going nuts from the tip to to the very end of the game. And... We've been like that traditionally at Auburn. Those recruits have not had a chance to really experience that unless they came to a game last year. Man, you know what the crazy part about it is? If you look in a lot of those recruits' uh, pictures that they take when they visit, they all take a picture with the toilet tissue, mm-hmm. the, the the reenactment of Tumor's Corner, and they haven't seen it. Right. So it was like, what, what is this? Uh, you know, I'm taking these pictures. Uh, it looks cool, but what is it? Right. So for them to be – and I've heard them say, well, you know, we want to see the tree. We Like, yep. you know, they don't have – they don't know Auburn the way we know Auburn. Right. They haven't even gotten a full introduction. So for them to be able to see the whole Auburn experience, including room, uh, rolling Tumor's Corner, I think a win in Auburn would really set Auburn up really, really well recruiting-wise. And based on who the selection is, I think you have to go with a recruiter first. Mm. Basically, just tee it up for me. Mm-hmm. If, I'm a, if I'm a guy, if I'm, if I'm one of the candidates, what I would want is to not come to a barren chamber. I yeah. wouldn't want to go anywhere where the plate was empty. Like, if I'm the meat, okay, at least take care of the size. Let's right. call this a, a recruiting potluck. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know, I got the meat. I'll close. Set me up. Get me some leads. And I think that's what this interim period is going to be really important for, like, so now, for Cadillac, for example, he wins a game or two, mm-hmm. right? They they show energy. They show more resolve than they've been seeing. They they make adjustments in the second half, which we haven't been seeing a lot of, right? Right. Let's say that happens. If he's not the full-time coach if, or if he doesn't get the permanent coaching position, it looks a whole lot like he's the new associate head coach. Mm. Why would you not want a Cadillac Williams there who led the team and now you have somebody, you know, to, who – who held the program together when there wasn't a lot of direction. Right. And so I think like this, this interim period is going to be so important to the future of Auburn. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, Cadillac can do a lot to just 
uh, stabilize the ship. Like nobody's asking him to come out here and win out, uh, but just get some hope flowing again through the veins of not only the players, but the fan base and then figure out how to be competitive. Right. Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine how Jordan Harris is going to be when he walks out and they show that the first run in the 2003 iron bowl and he's going down the field with Jairus McIntyre and, and well, I don't know how long it was, but you know, it was a crazy call. And I, I could just imagine the energy in Jordan Harris stadium when they play that on the jumbotron before he walks out and is introduced as the new right. head coach. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it, 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 it's going to be crazy. And I think, it, I think people are going to show up for this game. What's crazy is this game was already going to be in prime time. Right. right. Like they had already had it scheduled for a primetime uh, game. Um, right. And now it's got a whole nother reason for it to be. I know whoever um, is going to be working that TV thing was just like, yo, this is like a this is a gift that fell in our lap. <laughs> right. Man, like, Absolutely. We didn't even we, we thought we were just coming to cover some random end of the SEC season. Who's fighting for last place in the SEC West type of situation. And right. we get. Cadillac's first home game, right? Like, that's just crazy to be able to have that story to be able to tell. We'll hear it 1,500 times on the broadcast. For Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, then, and, and even think about Jimbo Fisher, who's now on a hot seat in his $85 million buyout, which we'll hear about a ton as well. For sure. I mean, in a game of unranked teams, there's going to be a whole lot for announcers to pick from yeah. as far as material to speak on during the game. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it, man. Honestly, like, uh, I want to see how they perform down in uh, Mississippi State this week. We'll see what they put yeah. together. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game for sure now, just to kind of see what direction the offense takes, right? Like, because there's there's unknown commodities calling plays right now. Like, you've seen a little bit of an offensive coordinator before of Will Friend, right. but I don't know how much of the play calling duties he had with Mike Bobo being the head coach, whether or not Bobo was really the one calling the plays or if friend was calling. I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I kept up with Colorado state during the Mike Bobo years. Right. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see what Auburn does in that standpoint. And then you have completely unknown from a game planning standpoint, what I kill is going to bring to what they try to figure out how to do with the plays that they have available and maybe even some athletes that we haven't seen featured in some spots. So going to be super interesting to see what the offense looks like from the defensive side of the ball, though, haven't performed particularly well. Do you have any hope that now that you have Harson's hands off of it completely, Jeff Schmetting figures out how to get this defense rolling in the right direction? I think it's uh so football is a complimentary sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that based on the momentum of the offense, the defense will kind of gain some life. There mm-hmm. have been times where the defense was playing well, but they couldn't get anything going on the offensive side. And you keep running these guys on the field. The offense is not getting the type of time of possession that they need. And then you have a tired defense who's already lacking in depth. So coming out of the bye week, I was really disappointed in, in how flat we ended up being in the tours as the game went on. Yeah. And and that depth started to to to, to rear his ugly head again. And you start to realize, like, hey, you know, we have a lot of good rotational pieces, but when rotational pieces become foundational pieces, mm. that's when the defense starts to have you start to see the cracks in right. the foundation and you start to see those leaks and that's when you have the coverage bust, and that's when you have the you start to get gassed for all of those yards that we've been getting gassed for over the past few weeks. Yeah. So I think that uh if they can play complementary football and work together. Let's like not operate in silos as an offense and a defense, 
But hey, look, this is our total game plan. If mm-hmm. you guys are going to go here, then we're going to go here. If you guys are going to, you feel like you want to get aggressive on this, oh well, we know we need to begin some win here. Hey guys, can you run the ball a little bit? We're gassed. So I think uh, managing the game from that perspective and simplifying the game, like let's let's just go back to a little run and some play action and let our and, and try to get in some 50-50 situations because. There have been so many eight-man fronts mm-hmm. this year with a single safety high, and you haven't been able to get your hand to the ball into the hands of playmakers who can win those 50-50 balls. And you've got guys who can do that. I think that's probably the most disappointing thing from an offensive standpoint is we're, gone are the days where you don't have big-body receivers who can win the 50-50. Gone are the days where you don't have playmakers who you can get the ball to in space you know and that's no slight you know Seth Williams has been here for a while but everybody like they pretty much was like all right cool we're just gonna make sure Seth don't go off and don't get beat over the top by Schwartz right in the last couple of years and load the box and make sure you bracket those two guys you pretty much shut down Auburn's offense right right um but then but now you got a lot of places you could go with the football. You've got Absolutely. speed on the outside. You got big body. Res- you, you literally have, and and this is a compliment to the job that tail in Gus Malzahn first uh, iteration of Coach Harson of getting guys in the building that can be those types of guys. But then we don't use them, right? Like it's just right. crazy. Like I sit here and watch Camden Brown make amazing catches last Saturday, and I'm like. We've been in the red zone multiple times this year. How come this is the first red zone target this young man has had? That makes right. no sense. Right. Absolutely. You know, Amari Kelly, another big body receiver, body possession type of receiver. Throw him a 50-50 ball and let him embarrass a DB every now and then. It's okay. Right. right. Absolutely. And I think uh, to your point, you got to see more of that. I was really disappointed that Landon King didn't get more ticks. Landon before King's he left. another guy, man. I'm hoping. Man, as many as 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 often as we struggle to score, not even red zone, but red zone extended. Right, once you got inside the thirty yard line, that mm-hmm. we didn't just say, "Let me just put it up for." I mean, heck, even Coy Moore, right? Coy yeah. Moore has got great body control in the air. Go right. put your guys in one on one scenarios. Give a run heavy front, even if you want to go tw- uh, twelve personnel, like they loved running. Cool, we'll right. give you the run heavy front, but we're gonna put two body catchers on the outside and then just go throw and, and, and go box them out. All right, cool. Go five, six yards and my guy's better than yours. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there haven't been a lot of times where you saw the faith in the quarterback wide receiver battery to make mm-hmm. those type of plays. Right. And I think now, so what I do know is uh, Cadillac Williams was a fan of Robbie Ashford in the fall uh, in fall camp. Uh, just speaking on, you know, just from off, you know, just from, from some intel that I gained, he really felt like he was electric and he gave Auburn a really good shot to play. To, to, he, he was going to have to be a part of the game plan, which he was. Mm-hmm. So I think that you'll see more designed runs for Robbie. And I think that that's going to be important for to pass out of some of those sets. Right. When you go RPO, like, you know, you have your design runs, but to get more creative and to get your, so, and one thing that I look forward to is seeing Tank Bigsby and Hunter in more sets together on the field. Mm-hmm. I think now, if I'm to make a prediction, you'll see more. Because when Ronnie Brown and Cadillac played, that was more of a simplified offense where it was like, you know what? 
Let's figure out how to get our best two players on the field. Put so playmakers if, in there. Let them make plays. Like I, people overcomplicate football a lot, man. Sometimes it's just I got better playmaker, and that's what you. That's why recruiting matters, right? Because you get talented guys out there, and mm-hmm. it ain't always got to be scheme, right? And people right. are like, oh, man, we can scheme around our deficiencies. We've got enough talent where we can out-talent our deficiencies if we use it right. If you use it right. And when you have two guys like that, and you also have Damari Austin, yeah. you, you, you've got guys who can tote the mail. And and when, and when you run heavy sets like Auburn does, I'm like, well, usually the fullback is one of the hardest positions to account for. And if you're able to put an upback, a tailback, who has the size enough to block, and so you won't be able to get into a tendency of t- what I like to call tendency counting. Mm-hmm. When you see that 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 tailback in the fullback role, that's when you can start to break a defense because you say, you know what? Every time we see this fullback, we don't know if he's going to run or he's or, or it's a pass. And from that moment, you have something that you can say, okay, now we have a tendency breaker. Mm-hmm. We know that when you look for this set, that you're thinking about this guy. So now we can uh, we can start to use our other playmakers by giving you something to say they're going to do this. Right. You you give them something like so you can have you can put those tendency breakers in place. And it's just like when you talk about running power versus the counter, you got to be able to run power successfully for the counter to work. Right. And I, and I and I really think that by being able to get some more multiplicity out of the same sets that we've been running, but maybe just adjust the personnel a little bit. Yep. I think um, Auburn will be able to be successful doing it. Listen, man, I've been, uh, you know, people get up, well, not upset, but people listen to me talk about this stuff. And I'm like, and they're like, ah, oh, man, we need to stop running 12 personnel. We need to start, you know, running more four hours. I'm like, that's actually not the issue. The issue is we haven't, to your point, said to people or to defenses, I'm going to give you this same look, but I'm going to throw something completely different out there so that because I know I've scouted myself and I know when we talk about the LSU game, um, you know, you heard the LSU DB say the reason he was able to get that final interception is they ran that same play six times in the game. So when they came out there in that that, you know, trips bunch set, they knew Coy Moore was going to run this route, stop route right here. They were going to have the tight end run this route and we're going to run a clearing route with this other tight end. We've done it so many times. They knew exactly what was coming. So the perfect time to run a counter out of that would have been that exact time at the end of the game to say, we're going to line up in this same set, but we're not running this play so that when you guess wrong, you get beat. Exactly, man. And and that's what you want to do. Like, and that's what scheme is about to me. Scheme isn't really about, you know what? You're not, I'm I'm so much smarter than you because we're all millionaires playing a children, uh, calling a children's game. Mm -hmm. And I'm so much, it's like saying, it's like the world championship of tic-tac-toe. Like it's like it's not, but so much give you're gonna have. But every now and then, I, and I, and if you remember tic tac toe, the person who got that top left and that top and the bottom left and that top right, usually they were gonna win, right? So if you can break, and, and if you were able to get somebody to fool somebody into breaking that tendency, then you have a better chance of winning. And I think that's it. To your point, if you do something different. Yeah, give them something to think about. Put something on tape. For next week, that's different, right? Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, hopefully, I'm not sure what to expect this week from uh, a yeah. Will friend. I'm and, and, you know, I, I, I'd be lying if I told you I had some type of source that was telling me this. Yeah. But for me, just being around as much as I've been around, I do feel like you'll see more sets of uh, Darkwell's Hunter and Tank Bixby this week. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a safe bet considering, you know, who the head coach is and 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 kind of what you would want to see out of a guy who is offensive line minded. They're going to figure out how to run something different. Listen, Jarquez is a good pass catcher, so he's going to be able to be somebody you can put in the game in a run look, but then do something, you know, crazy that's going to allow him to get out there in space if you're running I mean, we could just run through a bunch of different scenarios of how you can use two tailbacks in the game at one time with a bunch of different kind of personnel groupings and put something exotic out there that feels exotic to fans because they haven't seen it, but it's really just kind of a simple, oh, this is really just a screen, right? <laughs> like, right, right. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, man. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Well, anyway, man, look, I appreciate you taking a little time to talk with me today. Tell the people a little bit about how they can keep up with everything that you got going on right now. So first of all, um, you can catch me on twenty four seven Auburn Undercover um, Duke's the scoop. I uh, do a pretty good insider there. Uh, usually drops uh, maybe twice a week uh, on the message boards, but also independently, you can check me out on YouTube at Duke's the Scoop is my page. My podcast is the Casual Flex. It's a uh, it's a really interesting conversation, and sometimes I have guests on, sometimes I don't, sometimes it's just me. But it's more so than just football and Auburn football. But it's about sports and, and and the culture as a whole, and I'm really proud of it, and it's growing, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, that's my that's my social media at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Dukes the Scoop. And uh, I just want to say, man, Ike, man, I appreciate. It. I love what you guys are doing. The War Report. I saw it when it started. I saw it when 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 it was this big, and now I'm seeing it as like just to watch it grow, man. It, it's really been exciting for me to see you guys grow. Yeah, man. Definitely excited about what you got going over there uh, with your situation, man. I love the casual flex, man, and look forward to hearing more from what you got going on. Uh, well, that's it, man. Uh, definitely want to thank my guy, Deuce the Scoop, for coming through and kicking it with us, man. This is your man, Ike Jones, with The War Report. You know how we can get in touch with us, man. We are at The War Report on all social media. Go to thewarreport.com and see everything that we got going on over there. TW Report on TikTok. Until next time, and as always, we're signing off War Eagle, and we out, baby.